Well, the story is told of a bar owner who sold his building to a local church. The church members were so excited to finally have a place that they could call home. And so moving in, they, they wanted to make some changes. And they decided they were going to tear out the bar. They were going to build a stage. They were going to add some, some lighting. Uh, they gave the whole place a fresh coat of paint and purchased some, some new chairs. Now, apparently, uh, the bar owner had accidentally left behind his pet parrot. It's an odd thing to do, right? <laughs> Colorful bird that just loved to talk. And so on the church's very first Sunday morning service, the bird was watching what was happening from the rafters. And, you know, don't ask me how it survived this long. That's a mystery. I'm just the messenger this morning. But uh, when, the past, when the pastor came out onto the stage to welcome everybody, uh, the parrot squawked really loud, new owner. It's my parrot voice, by the way. When the worship team came out to lead worship, the parrot squawked again, new show. But when the bird looked out over the congregation, uh, he screeched really loud, same old crowd. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is what we read. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing, and perfect. We're reminded in Scripture that, you know, God, His plan for our lives is um, that we would not conform to this world, but instead He wants to transform us more into the image of His Son. That's His plan for all of us. And so as Jesus uh, continued His ministry in Luke chapter 12, which is where we're going to camp out over the next four weeks, the location changed, the setting changed a little bit, but the crowds of people pretty much stayed the same, same old crowd. I mean, sure, the crowds were growing. We read in this text there were thousands of people at this point. But their main objective was not to learn more about Jesus or how they could faithfully follow God. They just wanted to see Jesus perform more miracles, do more cool things, have him meet a personal need. Now, at the same time, the Pharisees, the, rel the religious leaders, uh, Teachers of religious law, they were meeting together in secret, plotting a way to get rid of Jesus. They wanted to put an end to Jesus' ministry and his message. Now, they may have not realized it at the time, uh, but the disciples uh, were in very real danger. And it's a different kind of danger than what we might think. You see, it would, have, it would not have been the first time that the snare of popularity and the fear of man uh, brought ruin to someone who was trying to live for God. The disciples needed to be very careful about how they lived. And so in this chapter, um, Luke recorded five warnings from Jesus. And four of these warnings uh, must be heeded by God's people today if we're going to be faithful and successful in our Christian walk. And the fifth warning that we'll talk about later on in this series uh, is a warning that should be heeded by a lost world. You know, those who have decided to reject Jesus or who are still on the fence about following him. And so today we're going to begin a new message series that I've entitled, Take Heed. That's not a phrase that we often use today, but it's an important phrase. To take heed means to pay close attention to something and to be careful about it. And the first warning that Jesus gave, the first thing that we need to take heed of, it's found in Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. 
And so this morning, I'm going to invite you to stand, if you're able, um, as I read this passage aloud. Luke chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse 1. This is what we read. Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and stepping on each other. So if you can try to visualize what this is like. I'm getting like state fair vibes. I don't know why. People just stepping on each other's feet. Jesus turned first to his disciples. and So his conversation is with those who are following him. He warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Their hypocrisy. The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do anything more to you after that. But I'll tell you whom to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill you and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. What is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. I tell you the truth. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth The Son of Man will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. But anyone who denies me here on earth will be denied before God's angels. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together this morning for this opportunity uh, to worship you and to be reminded about who you are, um, your character and your nature and uh, what it is that you've done for us through your Son, Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would uh, teach us through your word today, that you would help us apply your truths to our lives and this very important warning that Jesus gave um, we would consider today, we would take notice of, we would apply to our lives. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of new life in Christ. We thank you for the opportunity to gather today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So what is this first warning that we're going to talk about today? This message series is going to be a little bit more challenging um, than a few of the previous ones. I think as we move closer to the cross in Luke, things tend to get a little bit more difficult for Jesus and for the disciples. And so the first warning that Jesus gave to these disciples um, was to be on guard against hypocrisy in their own lives. This, This is pretending. It's acting. It's just going through the motions. He's saying, watch out for this. You know, the word hypocrite... Um, is a word that you're familiar with, but it comes from a Greek word that means an actor or one who just plays a part. You know, I've talked with many people over the years who try to justify not being part of a local church family, a local congregation, because they've convinced themselves and they believe that the church is just full of hypocrites, people who are actors, people just going through the motions. 
And they may be right to some extent. And that's something that we're going to have to answer for ourselves today and throughout this series. But I'm also reminded this week that, you know, another person's hypocrisy doesn't excuse your own. There are hypocrites in every walk of life, amen? In every part of life, you're going to find people just going through the motions. People who try to impress others in order to hide their real selves. In the Christian life, I would say that a hypocrite is someone who tries to maybe appear more spiritual than he or she really is. You know, they put a mask on on Sunday morning, but throughout the week, their life looks nothing like the life of Christ. And these people, they know that they're pretending. They work really hard to not get found out. Their Christian life is only a shallow masquerade. This is exactly what Jesus warned his disciples about. There were thousands of pretenders following him around, and he didn't want his true followers to fall into the same worldly traps. It would have been so easy for them to give in to the temptation of popularity, wanting to be liked by everyone, uh, by giving in to the demands of the crowds, or trying to avoid trouble by pleasing the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law. It would have been so easy to do that. You know, something I know about all of us is that we want to be liked. We want to be liked by our spouse, for sure, our kids, our neighbors, our coworkers, our church family. We all want to be liked, and it's, it's easy to just act the part that others want to see. And so the question that we're going to look at today, the overarching question is this, how can we keep hypocrisy out of our lives? This is something very important. It was important to Jesus. It was important for the early disciples. It should be important to us as well. And so before we look at some specifics, I want to spend a little more time trying to understand what is hypocrisy exactly. And so look with me to the first verse in this passage. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. I think this gives us a pretty good indication or even a working definition for hypocrisy. It says, meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and stepping on each other. And Jesus uh, turned first to his disciples. He warned them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, their hypocrisy. And so here, Jesus compared hypocrisy to yeast. uh, Something that every Jewish person in the first century would have understood and associated with evil. So this word picture would have taken them back to the time when God delivered their people from slavery in Egypt. For generations, God's people, they cried out in prayer for deliverance. And after 400 years, God raised up one man, Moses, who became his voice to the Egyptian Pharaoh. After 10 plagues, uh, the last of which involved the killing of all the firstborn from the livestock to Pharaoh's own son, Pharaoh finally decided to let God's people go. And really without much thought, without hesitation, he told Moses, take your people and leave. And they had no time to pack, no time to prepare. They left behind everything that their lives had amounted to over those 400 years. Following this one leader, Moses, out from the only place they'd ever called home, even if this home was a life of slavery. That's all they knew. So the celebration of this event... Is called the Passover because God passed over the homes of the Hebrew people during the final plague, sparing their firstborn sons. That's also called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Feast of Unleavened Bread because it's a reminder of how quickly the people had to leave Egypt. 
There was no time to allow for their bread to rise, a process that would have taken hours. Instead, in urgency, they had to make flat bread or unleavened bread, bread without yeast to take with them. I left out some details in this story, so I want to encourage you to go back and reread Exodus chapter 12 this week. And you can even read 11, 12, and 13 if you want to get the full picture of what was going on. But the main point is this. The main point is is that this word picture that Jesus gave was not a foreign concept to his audience. They would have understood exactly what he was talking about. In the New Testament, a little later in the timeline, uh, the Apostle Paul also used yeast to symbolize sin, uh, how it grows uh, slowly and spreads over time. Now, my wife loves to bake. She loves to cook. She loves to bake bread, which makes our house smell amazing. And uh, so I thought I'd show you a photo of what happens when you leave the house for too long and you forget about the rising dough on the counter. (laughs) This wasn't staged. And so it's kind of like the scene out of Home Alone where Kevin McAllister's mom is in the airport or on the plane and she realizes for the first time that she left Kevin at home. And what does she do? She screams, Kevin! (laughs) That's my Kevin's mom impression. Um, It's better than my parrot impression for sure. Um, So we're in the car and Faith, you know, is knitting or doing something in the front seat. And she's like, the bread dough. You know, we got to get home because we left it for hours. And this is, this is what happens. It just multiplies. It grows over time. And so here's, here's the analogy. Here's how it applies. You see, like yeast, hypocrisy begins very small, but it grows quickly over time. And as it grows, it infects the whole person. Hypocrisy does to the ego, it does to the character, what yeast does to bread dough. It puffs it up. And if we want to keep hypocrisy out of our lives, we must learn how to avoid that first bit of yeast, how to recognize it. You see, once we start pretending, once we start going through the motions, hypocrisy starts to grow. And the longer it goes unchecked, the worse it gets. And so we continue in this passage. This is what Jesus had to say. He said, the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed And all that is secret will be made known to all. And so there are those areas of our lives that we we like to keep secret. We like to keep hidden from other people. Guess what? There will come a time where your dirty laundry will be made known to everyone. Whatever you have said in the dark, Jesus said, will be heard in the light. What you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. What you say, what you think, how you live It's already not a secret to God, but at some point it will not be a secret to others. See, here Jesus taught his disciples about how hypocrisy at the end of the day is just pointless. Going through the motions is is pointless. Wearing a mask is pointless because nothing can really be hidden from God. And where hypocrisy is like yeast, God's truth is like light. The lies of the hypocrite will one day be revealed for all to see. And so, so he's saying, why go through life pretending? Why go through life just going through the motions? You're, you're wasting time. Instead, let your light shine so that people can have a front row seat to God's grace and his goodness. He's saying you have a choice here. You can choose to be a living testimony for God whose light shines for all to see, or your life can be a production 
Someone's just acting the part. And I fear that in our churches today, there, there are a lot of people that are just going through the motions, that are just acting the part because that's how they were raised. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say that they're a Christian because their family's a Christian. That's how they were raised. No. It's got to be a personal faith, a sincere faith, a personal conviction. So you can choose to be a living testimony for God whose light shines for all to see, or you can go through life just being a production. And so now that we've spent some time talking about what hypocrisy is, let's talk about how we can keep it out of our lives. How do we keep the yeast from growing? Number one, if you're taking notes, um, we must understand what causes hypocrisy. So where does it come from in the first place? Well, Jesus gives us the answer in verses 4 through 7. He says, Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. He's saying don't live life with a fear of man, with a fear of people, caring too much about what other people say, think, or do. He says, they cannot do anything more to you after that, but I tell, I'll tell you whom to fear. Fear God, who does have the power to kill you and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. What is the price of five sparrows? Is it you know, two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. He's saying you live in this world, but don't be of the world. Jesus here in, the, in these few verses, he mentioned fear five different times. And to put it simply, he's saying have Having a greater fear of man than of God is one of the primary things that leads to hypocrisy in our lives. When you are afraid of what other people think about you, what they're going to say about you, or what they can do to you, then you base all of your decision-making on the approval and acceptance of others. I think that's why we live in a society today that values tolerance over truth. There's no discipline anymore from parents to child. We care about what people think too much in our place of work, the relationships that we have in, in our neighborhood, and, and so on. We live in a society that values tolerance over truth. And so when our fear of man is greater than our fear of God, we end up sacrificing um, our values, God's truths, and what's right in order to impress and please people. And this is the beginning of hypocrisy. See, the Pharisees were more concerned about their reputation than they were their character. They were more concerned about what people thought about them than what God knew about them. And their example spread like wildfire to the people they were actually supposed to be leading. Proverbs 29, verse 5, this is our memory verse for today. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Do you want to experience God's safety in your life, his protection, his presence, his love, his care, his his will, his leading. Do you want to experience that in your life? Stop living for the approval of people. Live for the approval of God. And Jesus wants us to avoid this trap. And so the remedy for hypocrisy is, may take some time, but it's to forget about what other people might think, say, or do and to fear God alone. See, the fear of God is the fear that conquers all other fears. Because if we truly fear him, then there's no need to fear anyone or anything else. All that man can do is kill the body, but the Bible tells us God is the one who can condemn the soul. Now there's some confusion, I think, around that word fear. 
And I'm just going to be up front with you. I don't know that I understand exactly how to explain that, but I'm going to try. You see, typically when we think of fear, you think of a movie that gives you chills or you're afraid of or you, you have phobias in your life, things that you're afraid of. I'm afraid of airplanes. I don't like getting on airplanes. But that's not the kind of fear that he's talking about here. Jesus showed us how a healthy fear of God is, is not like a child hiding in the corner of a dark room. You see, God is light. And he just spent a paragraph explaining to us how he knows us and cares for us and loves us. He cares for the sparrows is the analogy that he gives. And he says we are far more valuable to God than they are. He, he knows the exact number of hairs on your head, which for some of us is more than others. And so I would say to fear God is to respond appropriately, first and foremost, to who God is, his character, his nature, and then to put our complete trust in him. And then how that fear is played out and lived out is when we live in obedience to God's word, that, that's a healthy fear of God. And so if you've recognized today that you're putting too much stock in what other people might think, say, or do, hit the reset button today. Start living for an audience of one. Live for God's approval and not man's. And I, I think that's the primary way that hypocrisy makes its way into our lives. I think Jesus is clear about that. That we live our lives with a, a greater fear of man than of God. And so he continues here, and give you point number two if you're taking notes. How do we keep hypocrisy out of our lives? We must confess Christ openly. I'm going to talk about this. This is, this is, this is sharing your faith with other people. This isn't a one-time thing, but I will say, I, I think... Many of us are afraid of this. We're worried about this. And primarily, it goes back to that first point. We don't share our faith because we're afraid of who? Is it God or is it what other people might say? Or what other people might do or how they might respond? You see how this is connecting? Luke chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, the Son of Man will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. But anyone who denies me here on earth will be denied before God's angels. Yeah, I think the fear of sharing your faith with other people because of what they might think, say, or do is just a recipe for hypocrisy to grow in your life. I've, I've actually heard Christians say, you know, I went through my whole career or I've known this person forever and I've, you know, I've never shared my faith with them because I knew what they believed and I didn't want to step on their toes. I didn't want to be judgmental or I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to force myself on them or my beliefs. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about that worldview for a second. Number one, is it scriptural? Is it what Christ commands? Number two, is that indication that we're really walking in the truth if we're unwilling to share our faith with the people around us? You know, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to share that with others. And it says, but do this with gentleness and respect. So there's a way to go about this. You know, I'm getting street preacher vibes as an example of what not to do. A few years ago, I watched a powerful video. It was a five-minute video uh, by popular magician and well-known atheist, uh, Penn Gillette. And so you guys heard of Penn and Teller? 
And so this is the pen half of that. <laughs> in this video, Penn talked about an interaction that he had uh, with a man after one of his shows. And the guy walked up to him, was very kind, complimented the performance, complimented the show. And then he told Penn that he brought something important for him, something special. See, it was a small Gideon Bible that included the New Testament and then the Old Testament book of Psalms. Now, when he was handing this to him, he had to preface this with something. He explained that, you know, he was a businessman, that he was a family man, that he wasn't crazy, right? He wasn't throwing something just, you know, out in left field at him. But he said, more importantly, he was a follower of Jesus who felt compelled to share the hope that he had with other people. That was his main goal in life, was to share Christ with others. And so this interaction really struck a chord with Penn as he explained in this video you know, how nice and how polite this guy was. They talked for a while, exchanged life stories. They were about the same age, and then they both went their separate ways. And shortly after this encounter, that's when Penn made the YouTube video. I think it's about 15 years old now. You can go and still find it. It's got a few million views. He talked about this experience. And what he said was this, that as an atheist... He does not respect Christians who aren't willing to share their faith with others, and he doesn't respect other atheists who aren't willing to listen to other points of views. And his reasoning for this really kind of hit home with me. His reasoning for making the video was this, that if someone truly believes that Jesus is the Son of God, and that eternal life is possible by believing in him and following him, then how hateful do they have to be to not want to share that news with others? And so when you think you're doing the loving thing, could it be that you're doing the hateful thing? That the most loving thing that a person could do in this life is to share Christ with someone else. See, I think we get it backwards. As Christians, if we truly believe that what the Bible teaches is true, then the most loving thing that we can do is to tell someone else about the hope that we have. He ended the video by reassuring his audience that he was still an atheist, but how this interaction made a positive impact on his life. And I've gone back and watched videos of him since then. And I'll tell you what, I think God is working on this man's life. Over the past 15 years, you can see a change. I think God's tugging at his heart. And I think it goes back to how God used this man. The guy just said yes to God. He just said yes, I'll do it. I'll go talk to Penn. How scary would that have been, someone like that? You see, when we get into the habit of telling other people about Jesus, I think we have an easier time living in the truth because that's what we were created to do anyway. And we avoid hypocrisy because we're not walking around pretending. If you say you're a follower of Christ, yet you don't share your faith, you don't serve God with the gifts that he's given you, that's the very definition of hypocrisy. That's walking around with a mask on and then you take it off on Sunday morning, you sing a few songs, you hear a sermon, and you go home. And if this is uncomfortable, it should be. This should shake us this morning because God has made us for so much more than simply going through the motions. There's no reason to fear what other people might say, think, or do when we know that Jesus is the one who is acknowledging us in heaven. That's what he says. Man's praise means nothing when compared to God's acceptance. Let that just soak in for a minute. Man's praise means nothing when compared to God's acceptance. And so I want to challenge you today. Tell someone about this passage that you heard on Sunday morning this week. 
Begin to share your story with them. That's one of the greatest ways I think we can share Christ with others is to share part of your story. What is God doing in your life this season? And, and that may not be a super positive thing. You may say, you know what, I'm just, I'm just kind of taking a back seat to this whole Christianity thing, but God's tugging at my heart. You know, he's given me that fire again. Be honest. You may be on a mountaintop right now where you are just like thriving in your faith and you've never been in a better place. Share that with someone. It needs to be shared. So I want to challenge you to do that this week. And, and that leads us to the third truth, which you're going to see how all of this connects. This isn't something that we can do on our own. And so we learn here that we must depend on the Holy Spirit. We must depend on God's power at work in our lives. We're not going to be successful at sharing Christ with others unless we're dependent on God. Luke chapter 12, verses 10 through 12. He, he gives an example of what the disciples were going to have to experience and how their dependency on the Holy Spirit was key. He says, Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when you're brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. So in these last few verses, Jesus highlighted the importance of not caving when others pressure you to conform to the world, right? That is a temptation that we're all going to face. There's that pressure, whether you're in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, doesn't matter what age or stage you're at, there's always that pressure to cave to culture. All right, some of our older members, does that ever go away? No. You heard a laugh, but that's a yes. It, it never, it's, a, it's a no. It never goes away. It's just affirmation. And so in these last few verses, G Jesus highlighted the importance of not caving to culture. He said the disciples were going to be brought to trial in the synagogues before the rulers and authorities of their day. Like, this is a big deal. He told them not to worry about this. Don't worry about what to say. Don't worry about how you're going to defend yourself because the Holy Spirit was going to be at work. He's going to teach you at that time what to do and what to say. And so I would say how this relates is that in our efforts to share Christ with others, we, we're going to run into challenges of all kinds. Now, I need to say this because we get in the habit sometimes of looking at someone's story in Scripture, like Moses or these early disciples, um, or, you know, David and Goliath. You know, David took down Goliath, and then we say, oh, well, what's the Goliath in your life? No, David took down like an actual huge dude, right, with a stone. And we try to relate that to you know, stepping on a Lego or not getting the laundry done in time at home and we're just flustered and we feel bad. I don't think we need to, I don't think that we need to attribute the disciples' situation to our own here. I don't think that's right. It would be irresponsible for us to do that. But I think the overarching theme about who God is, the overarching theme remains the same. And that is in this life, we will have troubles of all different kinds, but we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. And the primary way that we keep hypocrisy out of our lives is to depend on God. It's to depend on the Holy Spirit's leading in our life. We must hold on to God's word, his truth, as our ultimate source of truth and to prioritize living for him above all else. That's how we keep hypocrisy out of our lives. And so here Jesus paints this strong warning for his disciples that, that true disciples are God-pleasers, not people-pleasers. 
That's a great way to think about the sermon today. True disciples are God-pleasers, not people-pleasers. The only fear that should control our lives is having a healthy fear of God and His Word. Seeking to live in obedience to His Word. And so I would say that today, just like 2,000 years ago, God is looking for sincere hearts who desire to live for Him. We need to have sincere hearts and to rid ourselves of hypocrisy because the day will come, as Jesus says, when the real condition of our hearts will be revealed. So take heed. Take heed and listen to the words of Jesus today. We must understand what causes hypocrisy. It's a greater fear of man than of God. We must confess Christ openly. Think about that story of Penn Gillette. You know, get into the habit of sharing your faith, your story with others. That'll help you actually walk in the truth and avoid hypocrisy. We must depend on the Holy Spirit for this. This Christian walk, every step that we take, we have to depend on God's leading in our lives, His power and His strength. Stay connected to God through His Word, through prayer, and by gathering and serving alongside other believers. All right, so take heed. Listen to the warning of Jesus today.